0: Like Marcus said last week, we're the uh, the 96 bulls of mass shootings. We're the 96 bulls of uh, wars and conflicts and blowing shit up and killing people. So it's crazy that we champion the troops and support the troops. So when the troops are actually telling us, hey, this is what I did now, it's a problem. So what are your thoughts on that? Yo, what's good, it's your boy South Reset No Six, leader of the Max Kellerman Hive. This is Committee Podcast. Today we got our usual suspects, uh, Marcus Sniffles, and the original Committee Podcast Savage, whatever he calls himself today. What's good, y'all? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yo, yo! Uh, shout out to El Chopper. Uh, no what... shout
0: out to El Chopper. No shout out to Courtney. Next, next topic.
1: Well, who is Courtney? Because I think I've seen her on the, on the Courtney TM.
0: Courtney is officially banned from the committee podcast until further notice. Hmm. Okay.
1: All right. So, tell, her I,
0: tell her I said that. All right. So taking my shout outs back. So what's good, everybody? Uh, apparently nothing is good. I'm just bicking back being bull, doing my thug <laughs> fizzle, you know.
1: All just right. So here. tonight, I, I guess I'm going to just start it off with uh, NDAs. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm newly single. Uh, not not it,
0: that newly single, but okay.
1: Uh, it's been under two months, I guess. But anyway, <clears throat> like, and I'm kind of thinking now, you know, with, with so many fish in the sea, it would probably be uh, good. And especially with a uh, shout out to Dick Yelp. Like, I'm definitely not trying to end up on the wrong side of that. <laughs> <laughs> what,
0: Kiana?
1: I'm, I'm just saying, right? Yeah, I'm not trying to have my name plastered all over some wall. So I'm thinking about going forward and, you know, with anybody that I engage in the acts with, uh, printing out some pieces of paper, having my glasses ready to read over the contract notes and, you know, just kind of do my thug fizzle like that, you know, like, um, we're all grown here. And now that I'm single, you know, I like to do grown people stuff. Like, uh, I will say, uh you know when we first started the committee podcast there was a lot of things like uh medium stakes that I wasn't into but uh 3 years later you know I'd I be doing it all you know and maybe I don't want that business exposed to the wide world
0: you so can we saying? clarify for the people that didn't hear the medium stakes episode go check that out I think uh, we had Slim Bella on that could you clarify what you are talking about sir
1: well you know uh you know Putting your tongue where the sun don't shine. On um, the buttocks, if you get what I'm saying.
0: So uh, the original savage is saying that he likes to eat the booty like groceries. No, what yes. else? But you. I'm just saying, dude.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying we're all grown now. You know, like one day I was just like, damn, that thing looking real nice. <laughs> you know, let me get the. Hey, she just got out of the shower. Blah, blah blah, you know, you just kind of you get in the mood and you just do some you do some wild stuff. So, you know, you kind of want to prevent that from leaking out there. So, I do think NBAs is a good idea uh, for relations. Uh, shout out to all my future baby mamas that I'm gonna be having here soon because I'm definitely gonna be out here whoring around. Wow, um, and that's that's hey man, you know, you only live once, man.
0: This like a, well, it, welcome to the dark side. Do you get a second hoe phase in life? Is that a thing now? Is this like the rebirth? I like, guess you, how you, can get, how you can be like a born again virgin like Ella. is. Can you just have like a second hoe phase? Is that is that what you're doing? I, I guess
1: that is what I'm doing at this point. Like I have just.
2: You said he's not I, ready for his hot boy summer to end. Keep it yep, going. It's going to be extended.
1: There's going to be wet wild winters around here this year. <laughs> skeet, skeet. <laughs> so that's all I got on that subject.
2: Hey, so I guess uh, if, if there's any ladies trying to get that butt aid, you know, hit them DMs. Okay, that's yes. you know, for to it's are open. It's DMs, definitely you know, not for everybody. You go, know, you go, open them DMs like you go open them butt cheeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. surprise, motherfucker! <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, oh, look, like, like, let, me, you. let me ask this: Why do you, why don't you want? I guess your your sexual ex- escapades out there. Like, isn't that kind of like Free promotion? Like, no. I can, I, like, I see it from, like, uh, from the, from the female perspective, cause, you know, like, how it is nowadays. Like, if a woman is out there being quote unquote promiscuous and, you know, people look down on her, but from a guy's perspective, like, is that a negative thing now or have, have the and hot girls taken over?
0: Before he answers that question, I would like to just note out how, how nasty and mischievous and filthy that you have to be as a regular human being to have an NDA. But yes, answer these questions, sir.
1: Uh, I just kind of feel like, um, you know, I may want to entertain a couple different people at the same time. And I feel like having the NDA that gives me the freedom to be able to entertain multiple people. I mean, my ultimate goal now is to actually be in a poly relationship. Like, um, I I think I'm going to save up my money uh, we have like a, we have a, a Tantra chapel here. I'm going to actually think about going to that. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, at the next ATL orgy party, I definitely plan to be there. Hopefully it's no, you know, niggas acting crazy. But, you know, I just, I kind of would like to keep my mischievous dealings on the low. I mean, that
0: See, Tantra... I- church sounds very musty but go ahead marcus
2: yeah i was going to say like i'm i'm a big proponent of like the nda for celebrities celebrities and like you know high profile people just because sometimes you know you don't really want to go out there and try to meet new people you know you're going from city to city and every now and again you're just like you just slide in the ig models dm or a a a fine a professional worker and you, uh, you know, slide in the DMs, you, you get prices and, you know, you just go with it that way. Then you sign an NDA so it's not out there that, you know, you're out here paying for. But, I mean, is that something that you would be interested in? You know, having an NDA for someone that you're paying for that service?
1: I mean, I I don't think that I could entertain doing something like that. It had to be somebody that is ungodly bad out here for me to want to cut a check. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely not the reason. Like, um, I kind of feel like with just being a heterosexual black male, you know, the odds are definitely in our favor. Um, no offense to anybody that's not heterosexual or black. Um, so yeah, that, that wouldn't be my thing. I don't think I could, uh, put myself to paying for anything
2: other than $40. There's no, there's no no shame in it. There's no shame in it. Especially
0: nowadays with the premium snaps and fans only.coms. I know I sent a picture to the group chat. So if you are looking to pay for play, there's a young lady on Snapchat named Alice and her new price list. I don't know what the old price list looked like, but her new price list is $20 for a hand job, $30 for a blowjob, $40 for intercourse, $50 for anal, 80 for all of the above, 120 for 24 hours, $200 for unlimited meetups. And then as far as the content she provides, because she's also in this content, content uh, creating a, a culture, her premium Snap story is $50. Uh 40 nude photo package is $20. 20 photos and 10 videos is $30.
2: Okay, if, so. that's, if, if those are her new prices, I want to see what her old prices <laughs> were, because some prices <laughs> are garbage. Like, where is your manager? Who is, who is advising you? Like, yeah, I've sure, someone man. that's going to... Yeah, I'm not going to tell you like, oh, don't be out here selling ass, whatever. Like, you know, if you you sell it because people are going to buy it, you know, what I'm saying like the 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 value is going up. It seems like so if you got it, try to make some money, but don't undersell yourself. Fifty dollars for anal? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, that's fifty dollars. That's you mean you you mean I could you mean I could you're telling me that I could fuck you in your asshole for less than (laughs) NBA two K (laughs) twenty? Seriously? Oh my god. Man. NBA 2K20 is sixty dollars, but I could have your whole butthole for fifty. <laughs> what? What?
0: She's out of control. Well, and I'm, and even though I'm saved and refined, and I I found the Lord, I'm I'm curious how like the two hundred dollar meetup like works because like that means that I don't know is it is it on your schedule or my schedule? Because like what if I work the late shift? You know what I'm saying? What if I get up at like two a.m. And you got to go to work at, like, 6 when I'm trying to blow you back out of, like, 4.55. Like, how does that work? Do you do you have to comply? Are you, like, a sex slave? Like, how does—I'm very confused. Like, how, there's a lot more answers. And this is why we need to answer.
1: have, like, El Chapo on so she can definitely answer these types El of Chapa
0: questions. El Chapo don't know about this I feel this shit. like
1: she would know about this stuff.
0: El, El you know what? What does El Chapo yeah. know about sex? And what I would say, y'all, y'all be, y'all be giving El Chapo a pass these last couple of weeks. I would have roasted her for most things he said and y'all said, but so El, El Chapo, hurting. You know what? Next, next, next time, next, next time. So you know what? I'm gonna jump quick because I had a couple quick things. I've been on the podcast a few minutes. Speaking of El Chapo, I know that uh, shout out to the homie, Mr. Alexius. Uh, he he had a tweet that El Chapo we talked about in the group chat. She found a bit and you know what adolphus did too or mr savage or whatever you're going by these days found a bit offensive and i was kind of curious to, to get you on here just to hear your 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 real-time thoughts on this tweet so of course there's been a lot of mass shootings and a lot more gun controversy quote-unquote controversy because nobody cares if people get killed in this country hold on one second
1: you gotta kill a fly or something or what the fuck Well, anyway, I'll go forward with, uh, my thoughts on the, uh, thing. First of all, I was kind of pandering, um, you know, just trying to butter up OL Choppa. Uh, honestly, honestly, though, I kind of feel like it's a little tacky to go out of your way to talk about your confirmed kills, but I mean, you know, that's just my thoughts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a military person. I'm not really a gun person, even though I have guns. And, you know, although I've never killed anybody, I don't think that I would say, hey, you know, I didn't bodied niggas, you know, in my lifetime. Like I'm just triple OG savage, which I am, but, you know, just not like that. So I did think it was a bit tacky uh, for whoever that person is. And, and do, do y'all like know him personally or do, do y'all follow him, I guess? Or
0: the tweet that uh Mr. Savage and El Chopper had a problem with is the homie, Mr. Alexius, he replied to somebody after, so pretty much what happened with this last mass shooting, or one of these mass shootings I'm getting so backed up on because they happen seemingly more frequently than not, they showed a picture of the 100-round drum magazine from the Dayton shooting that had a uh, 22 23 Cal rifle attached. This shit looks crazy. Like We used it as a cover art for our last podcast if you listen on SoundCloud. So he tweeted, Ladies and gentlemen, please give me a reason that any civilian should own a 100-round magazine. And this dude, one 2K or 24K underscore replied, stop being a pussy. Right. And Mr. Alexis replied, I have two tours to Iraq and six confirmed kills. How many times you've been shot at? So I don't I don't see what what your issue is with that with that tweet or that response, because he's clearly trying to kind of advocate for why people in this country or anybody should have access to that. That's not in, you know, military or something like that. And somebody pulled his car and he's like, "Yo, I got receipts like. I'm out here catching these bodies and there's people in his comments saying, "Hey, stop capping. Nobody brags about their kills and stuff like that." And but again, this is America. This is what we do. Like like Marcus said last week, we're the uh the 96 bulls of mass shootings or we're the 96 bulls of uh wars and conflicts and blowing shit up and killing people. So, it is crazy that we champion the troops and support the troops, but when the troops are actually telling us, "Hey, this is what I did." Now it's a problem. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: All right. So my thoughts on that first, uh, like I, well, anyway, I was actually, I kind of loosely read the, uh, the text in the group chat, uh, because I, I do be at work. And sometimes when I'm in the group chat, I like pick somebody's side for like no apparent reason and then go at somebody. This is what I like to do for fun. So did I actually know what was going on? No, I just saw an opportunity to butter up El Chapa. So I chose to be on her side. Um, I do think though, like after looking at it, it's, I understand what what he was saying in the context. It's still a little tacky to me, but okay. You know, you, you got two tourists to Iraq. Now you're, you know, gully, the street nigga that's dropping Muslims or whatever the hell's going on. I, I, I get it. I, I just feel like it's just a bit tacky on my end. Um, I've never been in that situation. I don't suffer from PTSD. I don't serve the country other than when I sold drugs. So you know, I don't. It is what it is, I guess.
2: I, I don't. Like Thank you for your service. You're very. Thank you, Mister, for your service. Oh shit! I-, I was talking. I was, I was talking to a Yeah. Oh.
0: Oh, never well, mind.
2: Well, I was gonna say just just kind of piggybacking off of what uh, South breeze was saying, like. Right? Everybody's like all you know pro military, and we've got to support the troops, whatever, whatever. But it's just like we just use them as like an avatar for our own beliefs to project onto them. But when they talk about what their experiences are and what they've actually done, what they're doing, like we have an idea of what we're doing, what they're doing over there, what you know, troops and and airmen and marines and all those people, we we have an idea of what they're doing overseas. But we don't really have like we really don't know what they're actually doing. And then you know, that's why whenever they have, you know, the people, the military people coming home surprising their families, or they bring out military people to, you know, uh uh give them a round of applause to show show your support at, at sporting events. They never give them the microphone to talk. Like we never want it. We don't want to know what they're doing, but we just blindly support that. And it's just like <laughs> when when someone is out here and I didn't take it as him bragging. I took it in the, in the context of the conversation he was having with that dude. It was just like, yo, I know what these weapons are for. Like I've used these weapons. I, I did this for a living. These are what the, these weapons are for killing people. Like that is the whole point of them. And it's, and it makes people uncomfortable to hear that, but that is the truth about what is going on overseas. And what is going on in this country with people who have these rifles and these uh, semi-automatic weapons and automatic weapons and these magazines that can shoot off a hundred rounds in five seconds? Like that's not for hunting. That's not for protecting your house. That's not for you know when you're getting off late and you're walking to your car. That's for killing people. Those are people killers. <laughs> and, it, and it and it it begs the question. Why would anybody in a quote-unquote civilized nation need something like that? Why? For who? For what? And I felt like his answer to that was to catch bodies, essentially, because that's what it's for. And until people with actual power start recognizing that, I mean, they're not going to go anywhere. But I mean, I get what he was trying to say. Yeah. And
0: again, Marcus can qualify as a, a veteran, you know, shout out to the troops, you know, support the troops, all that shit. But you're welcome. I mean, hey, there we go. <laughs> but again, it's the thing with Mr. Alexis, it's just the ugly truth. It's it's what people don't want to talk about. Like Marcus said, like, it's cool to have the flags flying and on, a, you know, Memorial Day in 4th of July to have your American flag flag violation, uh, bathing suits and towels and beach balls. But, you know, when you talk about what's really going down, killing folks and it's a problem. So, But e- even the the piggyback on the gun thing, like I was talking to a guy regarding one of the incidences and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I keep a gun on me at all times. I never know. I'm not to shoot somebody. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm just weird or different. I post this on Twitter, but like I've never really thought of just like, damn. I'm going to the grocery store to get some bread as I see a picture on Twitter of an old white lady with a pistol buying bread like that. Hey, you know what? I might need to just shoot somebody today or I'm going home. Hey, I might need to shoot somebody today. Like, again, we are a civilized nation, allegedly one of the greatest nations in the world. But we also have citizens that are apparently terrified to go anywhere else or go anywhere without a pistol. Like, I don't those two things don't exactly make sense to me. You know, like. And I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is a white dude. Like (laughs) I probably should be more strapped up than you should be. And again, my, my kind of counter argument is I get it. Like these days, you never know, but I try to my best to avoid places where I think I might need a pistol. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's possible. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. (laughs) 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 We
2: ain't ain't leaving the (laughs) house. That does help. That does help. And, and this old white lady in this picture,
0: she's definitely getting pissed whipped. Like, she's not doing nothing with that pistol but looking crazy in the, the local grocery store.
2: But, I mean, yeah, that's, I that's mean, my take on it. I'm, I'm not one of those people that's just like, oh, we gotta get rid of all guns, because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, it's not realistic. Like, there's no, you know, getting rid of every gun in this country at this point. But it's just like, we have to be responsible with it. Like, we you can't, you shouldn't just be able to walk up to your local, you know, gun show or Walmart and be able to just walk in with your driver's license and be able to walk out with a freaking uh, rifle and three magazines that hold like 30 rounds. Like it shouldn't be that easy. There should be, you know, background checks and you have to be, you have uh, mental health uh, wellness checks or uh, have you ever, you know, beat your wife or beat your kids or beat your husband? Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever, you know, had a drink? Do you have a drink? Like there should be steps that need to be taken before you can just be like, "Oh, I want a rifle. I want a shotgun. I'm just gonna go get it." It shouldn't be that easy. It should. And that's my thing. Yeah. Like I, I get having a gun. I understand if you want to carry a gun on you. If you want to have a, a a gun in your house for protection, I understand that. But let's not be, uh, like, blind to the idea that you having six rifles in 100-round magazines is dangerous and unnecessary.
1: Well, like, I tell people the story all the time. There was a time when I I used to work at Babies R Us, and there was a couple guys in there, and I'm talking about, man, we're at Babies R Us. I mean, a guy showed me a freaking Desert Eagle, AR-15s, all kind of 9s, uh, 40s, 45s, 50 cal guns, just straight madness. And I'm like, you Negroes work at babies are us. Like, what is going on? Oh yeah, we're, we're gun freaks. We love the guns. And I remember one day, one of the people actually approached me and offered me $3,000 to take a dirty gun and shoot up someone's house. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, Uh, Nah, man, I can't do that. And you have to evaluate these people like mentally, like the the one dude that told me that he had at least seven or eight guns, including the Desert Eagle 357 Magnum. He's got some real big shit. Like he can drop an elephant with this stuff. Why do you need all these big ass guns? Well, why can't we just corral information and say, okay, well, sir, we see you've bought this type of weapon. We can't sell you no more weapons like this. Uh, if you bought one assault rifle, you can't have another assault rifle. If you buy one drum, you can't have a whole bunch of bullets. Like it has to be something where there's records kept and you can't do it instantly. It takes days. It takes me. Well, I'll just say days or weeks to get the stuff that you want, because it just doesn't make sense. Like, you can literally, and I had a conversation with a friend and I was saying in Florida, where I used to live, if you want a gun, you can wake up that day, you go, they make a phone call to somebody and you can buy as many guns as you want. Like here, where I'm now in North Carolina, you can't buy a gun without a permit. You can't, you have to go through a mental evaluation to even get the concealed carries. Like they are a lot more cautious with some of that stuff. Than a state like a Florida, where it's just, hey, I can wake up. I, I I knew a guy that he was eighteen, maybe nineteen, and just woke up one day and was like, "I'm gonna buy a chopper," and had a chopper and pulled it on people a few times. I remember that, no apparent reason. <laughs> and I'm just because it's cool, yeah. And it's just like you know, you want to take the pictures with them and stuff like that. And I understand that that was a part of my previous life, but it just, it doesn't make sense that people are able to do that. Like I can be someone that is 18 years old, still in high school, being bullied, and I can go and buy a Mossberg pump and light everybody up, or I can go and buy a chopper for, and I mean, at the time you can get an AK 47 for $350. I mean, yeah, the AR has always been between like seven, nine hundred, maybe all the way up to 15, but the AK is just as dangerous. The bullets will tear right through you and you can pick those up every day for 350. I mean, now I've seen them. They've went up a little bit. Even the Draco's $600 making $7 an hour at McDonald's. You save up two checks. You got you a chopper. You got you a Draco handheld chopper. Like it has to be some rules and regulations behind this stuff. Like it just doesn't make sense. And then I know today I read like there was like a stabbing spree in California. Like what the hell is going on?
2: This is America. We can, we do this. <laughs> Ninety eight bulls yeah. out here running rough shot.
1: Yeah, this dude. Well, what, how did what he? I forget what the number was. I know four people died. But I think he stabbed like 50 people with a butcher knife.
2: I, I mean, like, if we're talking about globally, like around the world, when it comes to like healthcare, we're not that great. When it comes to like education, not, not so good. But when it, if you need to catch a body, we got you. You need, <laughs> you need niggas killed out here. We we got that locked. Number one spot, gun violence, knife violence domestic violence, any kind of violence you can think of, we got you. If you're trying to get like super educated, man, nah, not so much, but you know, Hey, America first.
0: Hey, hashtag MAGA. But, uh, just to pivot on that, to kind of wrap this up one more point I want to touch on is the, uh, I guess the hypocrisy of Walmart. Again, this is, I guess, one of the more popular places to purchase a weapon for most common folk. Um, but with the uh, recent shootings, uh, they decided to pull down violent ads throughout their store, which I would just assume are video game ads, along with ESPN decide, deciding to cancel a uh, online gaming tournament. They were going to show for Apex, another uh, kind of first person shooter game. Which, again, I, I find utterly ridiculous on the on Walmart side and even ESPN side, like, first of all. How many people knew that tournament was going on in the first place? Like nobody's watching that shit. Second of all, Walmart. Like, how are you going to take down like a Call of Duty display and I can go down three aisles and be looking at pistols and shotguns? Like these displays are like violent from what I've seen. But again, you're going to take these down and say, hey, you know, this is this is tragedy. We need to stop this. But come down two more rows and we can get you a shotgun by the end of the night. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's lip service, just like with the government they don't care. Like, they really don't. You kill babies, they don't care. You shoot uh, government officials, they don't care. Kill black people, they definitely don't care. But uh shoot up schools, eh, kind of care, don't really care. So, it's all about that green, baby. Gotta get that money.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna try to shoot Walmarts and bail or whatever, and like, you know, they're, they're trying to do something, and, and it, it's like you said, I don't think it, it, I think it's lip service, you know, like they're trying to show that they're doing something. But at the end of the day, it, we shouldn't be looking at Walmart to be doing things like this. Like, yeah, they did it. Yeah, it, it's, it's not really going to, you know, do any good in my opinion, but I mean, at least they're trying, you know, and that's, that's more than I can say, you know, that than what our government is, is doing. Like, no one seems to be doing anything and yeah, Walmart still sells weapons. Yeah, they still sh- sell shotguns. But that's they did. They did something, at at, at least. And I mean, I'm not gonna. You, you can only get so many, you know, points for that. But I mean, it's something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, shit on them too hard. But I mean, what can you do?
0: I'm actually kind of surprised because a lot of the Walmart crowd is the. Kind of the more of the gun, pro gun, like MAGA crowd. So I'm like, why do y'all even care? Like, they're still going to come to the store. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of odd to me, but whatever. It is what it is.
2: Yeah, no one's boycotting Walmart.
1: But maybe they felt, since they were like directly involved, maybe they felt like they had to do something in this scenario. Like, it happened at their store, you know. Where are the loss prevention people? Well, I don't think they have guns. So it's just kind of like, but you know, they, they're going to check the hell out of
2: your receipts though and, and harass Nick. Well, yeah. Well, here, here, here's the thing with, with, um, with these mass shootings. Like when something like this happens, like gun stores and gun shops, like they get a boost in sales. Like people go, they flock to those gun stores and start loading up. And arming themselves, like the, remember the people that were, that are selling those bulletproof backpacks? These are the moments that they live for. Like they, they're, I don't want to say they're praying for shootings, but whenever a school shooting happens, guess who, guess who's looking at those bulletproof backpacks? Those bulletproof desks or, or, or bulletproof, you know, helmets and, and bicycles or whatever. Like there's a, there's a market out there that, that thrives off of shootings like shootings happen and all of a sudden their business starts to spike. So it's like, you know, Walmart has probably got a boost in sales from people. Like a lot of people probably came in and like, okay, I need to arm myself. I need to, I need to get the strap or whatever. So there, there, there are people in this country that profit off of these shootings.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely. is people that profit off of shootings and killings.
0: Facts. All right, so we'll get off all the uh, ultra deep, never changing gun topics, and move on to uh, Marcus. I know you had something we want to talk about regarding uh, the NBA as far as their uh, mental wellness and health.
2: Yeah. So <sighs> the NBA is one of the more uh, progressive leagues in at least in America, outside of the you know out of the four uh, major sports. The NBA is probably the most progressive one. And I I remember a few, I think a few months ago, the commissioner, Adam Silver, was saying that he was, you know, throughout the seasons and throughout the years, he'd been talking to some of these players. And a lot of them were saying they were unhappy. And from the outside looking in, you're just like, why would an NBA player be unhappy? You know, you're, you know, for the most part, you're probably like 6'6", 6'5", maybe foot. You're making a you're making pretty good money, you're traveling around the country, you're playing a game for a living. You know, how can you be upset? And it, it, it kind of delve into the whole like, you know, social media stuff and and being away from family, not really, you know, putting so much into athletics that you're putting your mental health on the back burner. And so this coming season, it is now becoming like a rule. Like you have to have a mental health professional, like a licensed psychiatrist, on your staff. Like every team has to have one. And I'm I I, I read it, and I was like, how 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 did they not have this? Like the NBA is a as a multi it's probably a multi billion dollar business. Like the Knicks are worth five billion dollars, and do and they don't have a, a mental health person on their staff. They don't have someone that's there to. Uh, check in on the players to see what they're going through this because there's, there's stressors. And then there's, you know, NBA stressors. Like they're not living the same life as regular people are. They're like regular people aren't traveling as much as, as they are. Regular people aren't dealing with the pressures of on court, off the court, family stuff, money, contracts, agents, groupies, teammates, trades um, getting cut, getting released, trying to stay in shape. There's a lot of things that, that go into it. And it's easy for like the mental health stuff to get put to the side. And, and I just, you know, commend the NBA and Adam Silver for doing this. And I don't know if the NFL has something like this, but if I had to guess, I'm guessing they don't because they don't really, they don't really care about their players. But I mean, there, there's a lot of, a lot of mental health. Issues that people can have and people can, can, that have to, that they have to deal with on a daily basis. And you need a professional to talk to. And it it shouldn't just be NBA players. It should be everybody. And they had, uh, like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love have done interviews about their mental health and trying to take that stigma away from it. So it seems normal. It can be normalized. So when, you're having a conversation with someone and they say, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I talked to my therapist and they said this, it shouldn't be like a red flag anymore. Cause that's kind of what it was previously, like in the generations before, like, you know, for our parents and grandparents, you tell them you're depressed. And they're just like, well, you just need some Jesus in your life. You need to pray it off or, you know, toughen up, stop being so soft. And nowadays, you know, there are still people out there that consider that stuff kind of soft, but at the end of the day, your mental health is the most important thing. Like that's literally going to keep you alive and keep you functioning as a productive person in this country. And I, I just don't, I guess to go back to the whole, you know, what we were talking about before, a lot of people like to just throw out, oh, it's it's not a gun problem. It's a mental illness problem and it's just like well which mental illness are you talking about is there a specific one that makes you want to go out and buy a gun and and buy ear protection and get body armor and shoot at Mexicans like which mental illness is that specifically like we got to start putting a little we, we got to start throwing some follow up questions out there for people like when the president tweets that oh there's a mental health crisis out here which mental health issue are you talking about specifically that deals with people wanting to kill minorities because they feel like they're taking over? Which mental illness is it where people feel the need to shoot women or target women because they're not getting dates? Like, which which mental illness specifically are you talking about? And I just think it should be something that should be normalized, like going to therapy, uh, writing in a journal, Um, there's, you know, they're making it easier now with the technology. There's actually like, you can, you can have a therapist that you talk to online. They have apps for it that kind of send you notifications on, you know, make sure you're breathing, make sure you you count to 10 or whatever it is. They have, uh, what is it like, uh, meditation apps. There's a lot of things out there that can help boost your mental health. And for the NBA to kind of be in the forefront of this, I think it'll help everybody in the long run. Well,
0: the only thing that I would say is like the apps are a cool novel idea, but I think that still keeps you closer to the root of your issues with the younger generation or the newer generation, as far as like being attached to smartphones. Mm. Like I even find myself now when I'm, I have something to accomplish or, I really want to focus. I'm at the point now where I'll put my phone like on the other side of the room, because even if I have it on silent or I don't plan on using it or I know nobody's going to call me, I will just, you know, I'm just so used to messing with it. I'll pick it up and get distracted. But if I know it's nowhere near me, I can focus a little bit more. So, again, I get it. Like if that's your your last option, which for an NBA player probably shouldn't be with the amount of money they make. I, I'd say an app is cool, but I think just getting away and detaching from that and actually speaking to somebody in person would be a much better alternative to give you a little bit more uh mental uh what is what was my book called? Agency. Yeah, to protect your agency. Definitely check out that book about agency that I talked about. I'll probably put it in the uh show notes. But it's a very good book as far as regarding not even just your mental health, but just your well being. Like there's just certain things you can do and little corrections or changes in your daily life you can do and make to to make your uh your well being much better. So
2: yeah, That's I, I, I agree with the, you know, I, I personally, I agree with that as far as like, you should, we, the, I feel like the, like social media is hurt. It's, it's helping our generation, but it's also kind of hurting people at the same time. Like it, we're, we're dealing with things right now that haven't been diagnosed yet. Like we're, we're living in it right now. Like we don't know. The full effects of what Twitter does to someone mentally over, you know, a five to 10 year gap. We don't know what the effects of of being on Facebook for a long time or Instagram or or looking down at your phone all the time. The screen uh, on your eyes that much like we don't really know what that is going. We don't know the side effects of that. Like we don't know what's going to happen to us when we hit our 40s and 50s and we've been on Twitter for, you know, 10 years like we we don't know. But we definitely got to, you know, you got to talk to people. Like whether you have, you know, anxiety, uh, depression, panic attacks, uh, bipolar, eating disorder, uh, postpartum. That's that's a big one. Like if you know any women out there that have had babies and uh, recently, like just make sure you check on them. Like I've I've seen it firsthand. It's a tough thing to go through, but we just we. We have, to, we're, we're more connected than we've ever been, but we're also more disconnected. Like we'll, we'll, we'll sit in our rooms and lay in our bed and, and talk to and tweet people across the world, but we won't talk to our neighbors right outside. Like that's, and I, I'm not, yeah. not, this, this isn't me pointing at young kids saying like, Oh, you guys need to get out I'm the same way. Like I don't. Whenever I see my neighbors outside, I'm like running inside because I don't want to have to deal with the small talk like I'm, I'm that person. So it's something I got to work on, too.
0: Yeah, the, the, the book is called The Power of Agency. Definitely check it out. It talks about that. Like, hey, for every so much time you're on social media, go actually talk to people, go interact with people, go call somebody instead of just being trapped in your phone like that. And that is that is a that's very, very, very true. But. I mean, time will tell. I know that there was some uh, legislation trying to be passed to get rid of the the addictive features of like websites, social media, because they do that stuff on purpose. As far as like oh, the yeah, infinite scrolling, yeah. scrolling on IG and retweets and likes, uh, that's kind of the thing that draws you back. Like I even caught myself and I thought about it when I saw that when I was reading my book or I thought about it from the book. I was looking at a website about houses and stuff, and I, I hadn't logged in in like five years. So I'm like, all right, let me get back on it so I can read some stuff. So I logged in and whatever. And then the next day I logged in or whatever, I saw like a notification saying, hey, uh, you got a badge for logging in two days in a row. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was like, hold up, man, get the fuck out of here, dog. Like They're trying to just make me log in every day to get these, keep getting these notifications. And I was like, bro, I mean, I can, I don't have to log in and learn about the stuff. I just happen to do it. But it's little stuff like that like young people or people that aren't in the know they'll they'll never catch on to that stuff so definitely
2: got to protect your agency out here did you did you see the that black mirror episode the uh smithereens smithereens it's yeah the the first one yeah the social media one with the guy from that 70s show in it yeah he did a good job back in that yeah i was i was very surprised i was like wow you're you're pretty good you're actually a good actor uh but yeah, it, oh, that was that was something that you were saying right there. Up.
0: Where he, you saw him in uh, the Black Klansman.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: darn Toon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: that like, is so right right. he played this <laughs> role a little too up. Well. Yes, continue. God bless White America. God um, bless me. <laughs> white America. <laughs> but I was going to say like he he made it a point to say like in in that episode it's it's not a spoiler or anything but he's he's a creator of uh, a social media app kind of like Twitter or Facebook where he said when he first got into it he was trying to you know help people connect and uh, communicate and and uh, get an understanding of the world around them but as it got more popular as it made more money and other people started investing in it. It started to become something else. It just started to become a thing where people just are just constantly checking it. Like they need to just let's, let's, uh, send them notifications. Okay. You, you logged on three days in a row. Let's send them something. Oh, you haven't been logged on for two days. Let's send, let's show you what you missed. Let's do all these things to keep you going back to this app. And it's not really doing anything. Like I do the same thing. Like there, yeah, I was actually going to write about this on on my on my blog, but like there are times where I know that I'm having a bad like I have good phone days and then I have bad phone days. Like when I have a good phone day, that means like I wasn't on my phone as much. I wasn't on my phone while I was eating with my kids or when <laughs> I, like when I have a bad when I have a bad phone day, like when I get in my car and I and I'm driving and I'm going somewhere and I'm looking at my phone like 95% of the drive there. That's a bad phone day. And that's when I'm like, okay, I got it. I got to I can't, I can't be doing this. I can't be on my phone while I'm driving. I can't be looking at my phone while we're having dinner, like with my family. Like there's got to be certain moments where I got to just put it down and just be present, be in the moment, be disconnected from my phone and be present and. I, I can I can feel when I'm having good and bad phone days and I'm trying to trying to balance it out because like I said like I mean it's in my Twitter handle like I'm addicted to my phone like that's something like I it's 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 a fact like I'm addicted to it and I'm I'm working on it it's tough but like they do it like I had to turn off my notifications on on my phone like not on my phone but like on Twitter on uh instagram like i deleted facebook like all that stuff like i i i see the problem like i know it's an issue and i've gotta get a handle on it so
0: well and again i think we've talked about this before i know this this has turned into a uh, social media addiction episode again but again with a it's tough with a growing you're trying to grow your brand or your podcast or whatever you're trying to promote or sell and it, you kind of have to be available like i know I don't know if he still well he does still do this but like I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee or any of his books but he 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 says that there's value in that being kind of available and responsive like he says that like he will at one point he will respond to anybody that messaged him emails him or contact him like he said it might take like two months but he would respond to everybody personally and I was like okay I, I conceptually I like how that works but again. It it does take a a toll toll on you, but at the same time, that helped build his brand and build his uh, you know, make people, you know, look up to him as somebody like, hey, this guy's very genuine because, hey, if I message him, Gary V is going to message me back, not one of his handlers or some bot on his phone that responds to you. So, it's it's tough when you're trying to you know promote or grow a brand when. You need to be away from your phone, but at the same time, you know, you kind of want to be there to interact with new followers or find new followers and things like that. So it's a it's a a tough thing. But what I will say that what I will try to do at times is like if you're on your phone or if I'm on Twitter, be on there for a purpose. Like if I'm on there, then I'm on there either. I should be on there, like promoting the podcast or directly interacting with people that at me instead of just scrolling for no reason. Just have a purpose. when. Login, and I don't have an Instagram. Like I thought about getting one, just because like I know marketing wise is kind of where a lot of people are. But I t- Twitter already takes up too much of my time. Like I couldn't imagine having to do an Instagram as well. Are you? You know what?
1: So. I have to blame you for this Twitter thing because, like, I, I like this whole episode. I've been scrolling up and down Twitter. Like I, I don't even. I'm not even tweeting at somebody. I'm just looking at what's going on the whole time. It's so addictive. Like,
2: and and I told myself, I have Twitter, I have Twitter on my computer right now. <laughs> and I told myself, like, like I'm, I'm looking, at. Like I'm
1: trying to challenge myself to be more interactive and interact with more people on my timeline to build those close relationships, uh, to build my personal brand, as well as the brand of the podcast. So it's like that. I I use that as the excuse to constantly be on it. Like I'm at work, I'm on Twitter, or I'm on Facebook in the marketplace, or just doing whatever. And I, and I, I kind of like that. Like you really do have to make sure that you're using it, but actually being productive. Because like just scrolling up and down, what am I really doing? You know, I'm I'm not really doing nothing that can better myself. And a lot of the times, one thing that kind of gets on my nerves with Twitter is, like, so many people jack tweets. Like, you'll see one person tweet something, and then somebody will, like, just tweet the same exact thing. And it's just crazy. Like, over and over again, the same stuff. Or, you know, the people will throw some different emojis on it. And it's just like, you know, I I just don't want to get caught up in that because you're right. You can be doing something that's a little bit more productive than being so stuck to the phone. I remember an episode where um uh, SB was talking about, you know, how and I'll do this. Sometimes I'll go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, check my email, check my bank account, Twitter, Facebook. Like it is just like. No reason at
0: all. No, like, like bro. Like, I
1: was doing that all day today. Just
0: looking, just, just looking at
1: my phone for no reason. Yeah. Text messages. And I've gotten to the point where Twitter, I'll see like the notification for somebody has sent a text message. I'll just go ahead and, you know, not even look at that because I don't want to break from what I'm doing on Twitter. Like, it's that crazy.
2: Yeah, tw- Twitter, I check Twitter like I check like my refrigerator when I know there's no food in there. Like, I keep going to it. Like, I know what's in there. I just looked in there. I know there's nothing in there, but I'm back. Why? Why am I still here? Why am I just refreshing the screen still? I know there's no food here. Go, like, go sit down. Like, that's what it is right now.
0: Yeah. It, and again, uh, just one more tip. Like, I, one thing I'll do now is, like, again, if I know that. Nobody. If I know it's like a time of the day or a point of the day where, like, it's not my wife calling me or, or anybody important that can call me, like, I'll just put my phone on silent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna miss anything that's that important. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like, yeah, just yeah. If, you, if, you, if 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 I I would recommend honestly everybody turn turning your notifications off on Twitter. Like, I feel like that should be just a given. Like, if you have you know thirty followers or thirty thousand, like, turn those notifications off. Like, there there's no need for you to be getting an alert that someone retweeted your retweet or that someone D de- like you don't need that kind of distraction. See, at all and,
1: time. and now that's what I do. Just, but then the thing is then when I do have people and I have all my notifications turned off on every social media. And the thing is when somebody is DMing you or something like that, then you become a bit of an asshole because you're not responding. You know, like I have all of my stuff turned off. Me-
0: Well, sometimes you have to use the mentality of like back in the day, where, uh, like before, not really before social media, but like when cell phones were super prevalent. Like, hey, if I missed a call, I call you back when I see it. Like, but the thing is, nowadays you are looked at. at, Yeah, you looked at as like an asshole. Like, yo, why didn't you have your phone? on You because I didn't have my phone on me. I was in the shower. And then I went and did something else that didn't involve me picking up my phone. And when I got to my phone, it happened to be 35 minutes later. What's up? You need, you need still need whatever you need or what? I bet. Most times they figure it out and this without you. So,
2: yeah. The the idea of being unavailable in 2019 is is viewed as disrespectful now. Like you're being rude. Yeah. Like if someone tweets you something and you don't respond to them in a certain amount of time, people are just like, Oh, you can't tweet me back like you ain't a celebrity, like you're not someone important. You need to respond to me at, a, at like right now. You know, like if you're like you said if I'm in the shower, I'd turn it on uh, do not disturb mode just because like I take a shower with the music on so I don't want to hear beeps and I don't want I don't want the music interrupted by a phone call. And at that point, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to be changed by me answering that phone call while I'm in the shower. There's it, 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 there's nothing. Like, I'll get to it when I get out of the shower. Like, we we just sometimes we have to be unavailable, but it's it's damn near impossible. Like if you if you see me tweeting on Twitter and you, you 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 know you at me and I don't respond, then you know you can you 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 get you go to my DMs. I don't respond there. You go to Instagram. I don't respond there. You go to my email. You text me. You call me. There, there's it's impossible to be unavailable anymore. And it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to deal with. It is. And it's, it's one of those like, it's a millennial problem. Like if I was to tell my grandpa about this, he'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, what are you talking about? Just put your phone down. Just don't check it. And it's easier for someone like him to say because he didn't, he didn't grow up with it. Like we've had the internet since what, 2000, 2000? Maybe before, when did the internet come around? I guess like 1996. Somebody asked or, 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 or yeah, or or high speed internet, or social media. Like a lot of a lot of people in their you know late forties, early fifties, they didn't grow up with high speed internet and social media. They're not having to deal with the things that we deal with. Who did grow up with that kind of stuff? It's different, and I mean they're not going to understand because they're older. They're just like, oh, we'll just get over it, move it along, put your phone down, get off your phone. Everything is your phone, your phone, but. You know, it's this is the time we're living in. And we're and I feel like we as uh, millennials, as, as we become parents and we're raising kids in this new generation, we're going to be more well equipped to deal with it because we know what it's like to be a kid on social media. So we're going to be able to deal with that when our kids have these same issues.
0: Facts. But yeah, that the, the takes me to thinking about euphoria, but we'll, we'll get to that another time. I think it's a good yeah, place gotta, to wrap. up. A, a solid, I, gotta, I, gotta, I get to that. Watch Euphoria. I'm telling you, it is it is wild. Like, yeah, yeah just yeah. my quick hot take. If they made it that season, I'm, i do I'm not they're making another season. I, I assume they, they will, but they, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, if they ended it just like that, I think it would be one of the one of the better standalone series. Just one season they can end just how it ended, but. But yeah, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Shout out to Street Wolf on the production as usual. I forget to shout you out, but I mean, we always at you. And you know what's your music, so shout out to him. Follow him on Twitter. Shout out to KJ Dallas Kids. Shout out to It's Triple. Shout out to Lethal Saint, Jif Queen.
1: Shout
0: out um, to Rev Run. Rev Run. <laughs> Rev Run. Everybody who rocks with us, we didn't say you, you know you are gang gang. Mr. Lexius, uh, aka Ocho, the biggest Aubrey, Aubrey's Angel,
2: so. Uh, well, he's, been yeah. getting at, he's been getting after it lately. He's been getting yeah. after it. I, I'm not gonna lie,
0: I have to mute him sometimes. I'm like, bro, come on, dog. Like, what are we doing? He says something extremely <laughs> the other day. Um, but we'll, we'll get at that the, the next episode. But again, uh, shout out to Mark Sniffles. Shout out to what are you going by, Mister Savage? Like, what is your, uh, what is AC3 your name? Three
1: Savage. Sir? Oh shit.
0: Okay, AC3 Savage, and a minor shout-out to El, Ch- El Chaqua, Courtney Stillpan, this committee podcast, we out. Oh, and if you are on SoundCloud, drop a comment. Definitely uh, hit us up on there and drop a review on Apple Podcasts if you can find us on there, but probably is the best place to go. And, yep, we out. Peace. I'm gonna edit this out real quick. But who's coming on is are y'all gonna be able to record tomorrow because I want to talk about the uh couple more things we didn't get to. Like well you to can point.
2: you can you can stop it and it'll we'll still be able to talk, but it'll start it'll just process uh. what we just did.
1: Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast here to thank you for rocking with the kidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com.
0: We've got a plethora of content for you articles tv and movie reviews playlists and a collective of podcasts which includes don't call this a podcast sturdy show presents the barbershop podcast two dope smarks the committee podcast pretty petty politics and we bring in love
1: back we've also got a brand new webcast called politics as usual hosted by ron and aj so be sure to go to the subscribe if you like what you see and follow us on twitter at the kwc blog